0: Cinema Boys to Cinema, episode 44.
1: 44.
0: Hope you're well wherever you are, wherever you're doing. Me too. Uh, this week, Jonathan Glazer's The Zone of Interest. Yep. Uh, a film that we've been very much looking forward to discussing mm. on Cinema Boys to Cinema. As it's a Jonathan Glazer film, we're going to have a little natter about his career. Yes. Uh, he's someone that pops up with a film and then just disappears for what feels like. A lifetime yeah he directs again yeah
1: he directs a lot of music videos and stuff oh yes like an apple watch commercial oh did he yeah i mean fair enough i mean like it just maybe he sort of spends most of his time thinking like right time to get the money for that shed i've always wanted and (laughs) then then, like occasionally just think dreams up this sort of really unique project um Mm. so yeah fair enough
0: Yeah, a really interesting filmmaker in the sense that, at first glance at least, it's really hard to sort of see a thematic throughline through
1: his films. Uh, Yeah,
0: yeah. And I think that's something that's really interesting about him. We'll go into that in a bit more detail. Oh, (laughs) all right then. Uh, And as, of course, uh, Zone of Interest is a film about the Holocaust. Yeah. We thought we'd talk about other films that tackle Mm. this period of history. Mostly, I think, well-known examples, I think. Bar one, but...
1: Okay, yeah, I think I might know which one you're meeting, Yeah. but um, there's not a lot of them. Uh, no. Surprisingly little. After I quickly Googled it about five minutes ago, <laughs> I was like, oh, there's not, not as many as I thought. And I mean, obviously, it's like an un- unspeakably tragic and violent event that happened. So it's hard to make anything with sort of commercial prospects in mind like that. Yeah. So that might be why.
0: No, it's interesting you say that about the commercial viability of, of the film because on the lead up to the film and having sort of many conversations with different people about it quite a number of people have said that doesn't sound like my kind of film
1: right yeah okay yeah
0: and whilst I obviously think that people that say that it doesn't mean they're not considerate about that period of history or think about that period of history but I think it's important these films exist for that reason because Mm -hmm. as we've said in the Napoleon episode that you know For a lot of people, it's like films or TV shows that are going to be the only real way that people engage Mm.
1: with a period of history. Oh, yeah, definitely. And Um, also, with this film in particular, and with a lot of films that sort of centre around the Holocaust, there's sort of timeless themes that are still very relevant today. mm. And we'll go into that in a lot more detail with Zone of Interest in particular. uh, Yeah, agreed. Um, But, uh, yeah, which is, I mean, another reason why I think they, they should be seen. Because they are... It's not like going to a museum, it's there's something in there which you can you can kind of learn from, you know, mm. based on your own sort of behaviour and how you kind of interact with the world, I think. So Yeah. Yeah, agreed.
0: Shall we start on Jonathan Glazer? After
1: after after, after the, the, the little the little jingle. Yeah, cool. Which what which I'll play right now. Questing the cinematic noise.
0: Jonathan Glazer then. Yes alluded to in the intro a filmmaker that it's hard to pin him down in terms of thematic through lines even sort of stylistic
1: Hmm. he's not tony scott is he he's no it's not like instantly recognizable when you're watching one of his films we've
0: Mm -hmm. talked about this in the context of filmmakers like james mangold
1: yeah yeah who are like
0: filmmakers who just work on across like a broad sort
1: of genre hopping yes exactly Yeah, 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 yeah
0: and it's sort of like even though there might be some sort of elements that you Know if you're a bit more keen eyed, you'd see like throughout all of his films, it's quite hard to sort of say, like outwardly, oh, yeah, this is a Matt James Mangold film, yeah, exactly. And that's yeah. not to his detriment. Um, I'm I'm sort of very sort of appreciative of that kind of director that just takes the source material and makes sort of creative decisions, uh, based on that material, you know, yeah, there's not like a sort of auteurist, no, uh, flair. They're
1: not spitting in their watercolours, are they? No, yes, you know, like yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> So
0: and I just think it's interesting when you think about someone like Jonathan Glazer, who's obviously on, I would argue, is on the outside of the studio system, really. I mean, I know, obviously, he secures funding from various areas within the within the studio system, as all independent filmmakers do, or, or the vast majority. Yeah. But this is someone that doesn't really make films that are as pre-concerned with profit as much as Mangold does. Yeah. Again, I'm not sort of ragging on Mangold. I'm just saying that, whilst the similarities, there are similarities in terms of like the way in which they make very different feeling movies. Hmm. Uh, I would say, you know, Glazer's films are a lot less sort of concerned with generating high, re-
1: like high revenue. No, yeah, absolutely not. I, I think yeah, that's the difference. Like Mangold, you could see him as a director for a higher. I think he is more than that, and I think he's. You know, it's quite a bold in some respects. Mm, mm,
0: he's made some very good movies. Yeah, right.
1: yeah, and some lesser-known ones as well, which haven't done so well. So, but regardless, it's always like I feel like you know he could be considered a safe pair of hands, Mangold. Whereas yeah. Glazer would, yeah, yeah, that's a hard sell, right? Yeah, apart from yeah. maybe Sexy Beast, but even then, that. You know, if you read the screenplay, you probably because upon hearing the premise, you probably think you had got another lock, stock, and two smoking barrels on your yeah, house. yeah, sort of tinged with bloke exploitation, right? Yeah yeah, 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 but actually, that's not the case at all. And once you read the screenplay, you probably, you probably be sort of feel a bit cheated almost. So, um, yeah, fair, fair play to him for, for sticking to his guns, really. Um, I haven't I want to point out now I haven't seen Birth have you? I have seen Birth, yeah. It's with Nicole Kidman, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Apparently I I don't know much about it other than everyone hated the ending. Was that right? Or yes. it was very polarizing.
0: Yeah, it was it's, it's a polarizing movie. I think it's in in my mind when you stack it against the, the, his other three films like it's definitely the weakest. Mm, yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean that it isn't a, a valuable addition to his filmography. It's just that I hold his other films in such high esteem that yeah, birth isn't just as, just isn't as good okay, in my yeah. view. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think you're right in that he is very good at working within genres and almost like you say, sort of cheating, cheating the genre with his style and his yeah. approach. You know, he's a very art house filmmaker, isn't he? I think that would be. Yeah. You know, I mean, I sort of always try and refrain from using those kinds of sentiments about people, but I think.
1: Oh man! I mean, yeah, it, it, they're hard, especially. I mean, it's not under the skin, which I'm sure will natter mm. on for a long time later on. Um, there, there are elements to that film which, at surface level, feel very uh, mainstream, right? So casting, for example, like Scarlett Johansson and mm. uh, and the kind of the science fiction elements. But then you watch it and you're like, Jesus Christ! Like this is so. Abstract. Yeah, yeah. And you you see the the Blu-ray, and you see like the artwork surrounding it, and you think you know what you're in for, and then you you kind of you get something entirely different. Yeah. Um. And he's great at that. I, I the same happened with um with the Zone of Interest for me as well. I thought I was going to get something entirely different, and mm. even though despite the fact that I knew the method, like his approach for it, and like what he did with the cameras and stuff, which again we'll talk about a bit later on, but I knew all that, and yet I got something entirely different from what yeah. I expected. Yeah, yeah, He's one of the best people for that, for
0: sure. Yeah, I I really find it baffling mm. that he isn't sort of considered in that sort of pantheon of great directors, that sort of great directors discussion. Like, yeah, you know, like he, he his name never really comes up, and yet for me, he's made some of the most significant movies of the last sort of twenty years.
1: Yeah, know? yeah. Um, Maybe it's something to do with uh, the, how how prolific he is. Yeah. You get yeah. filmmakers like David O. Russell, who I don't like nearly as much as Glazer, and yet he he sort of films. There was a spate of his films being like consistent Oscar nominee yeah. nominees. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And he, he comes up an awful lot more than yeah, Glazer yeah. ever would. Maybe he just courts
0: p- those circles more readily. Yeah. I and mean, he comes across quite a sort of like. Uh, Acerbic individual,
1: yeah, individual, yeah,
0: you know, David o. Russell, but I mean, he seems to be in the right circles because every like you're right, every time he makes a fucking movie, it's like
1: even sh- the shit ones get Oscar tipped, yeah, um, yeah, they briefly get before everyone realizes that they're not very good. Like, Amsterdam was like, Oh, bail mm-hmm. for another Oscar, you're like, oh no, wait a minute, it's, yeah. it's dreadful, apparently. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, it's all that spanking the monkey for me, you see yeah. That? Uh, no, I don't know. No. Yeah, that's, to think that's, about that's, that for a <laughs> for a while. Have I seen that's, uh, Monkey? that's
0: a good movie? Uh, okay, but more in the vein of Harmony Korine films. Really? Yeah, okay. in terms of subject matter. Oh, okay, won't go into it too much. It feel a bit sort of. Um, crass, given this is a discussion it's going to go into, you know, about Holocaust yeah. to start talking about the subject matter of that film, but yeah, yeah I would advise people to check that out. Oh,
1: really? Okay. <laughs> um,
0: I also think, we're going back to what you said about Scarlett Johansson's casting, I think that almost supplements that sort of uh, that approach. You know, mm. he, he's creating expectations based on star power yes. and completely subverting them in the way he frames her and the, and the way she performs her character. Mm, yeah. If we talk about, you know, the, the sort of through lines through his work, which are, again, like I said, at first glance, a bit harder to find. But, you know, if you watch interviews with him, he's very much into that sort of forensic sort of cinematography. Yeah. He's... Sort of distant cameras that are just observing the action or if they are close, the, there's, there's something inherently uncinematic about them. Like I'm thinking about the way the cameras are positioned in in uh, the alien Scarlett Hansen character's van. Oh yeah, you know it's almost like yeah. a dash cam that you'd see in like a sort of like mm. video of like you know when someone has like a traffic accident. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. There's something very police interceptors. Of, kind yeah, of thing. yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> there's like something very mundane mm. about the way he positions the cameras, particularly within in the interior of, of the van. Yeah, and yeah. the act of putting Scarlett Hansen in a white van and driving around Edinburgh is it Edinburgh? Uh, I think it's, is it Edinburgh uh, it's or Glasgow Edinburgh or Glasgow yeah yeah I can't actually um, remember I think it's Edinburgh because oh, there's lots of Hibs fans and I think Ah,
1: oh, yeah 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 footy knowledge <laughs> um,
0: but you know there's just something about that that immediately is completely in line with the film's themes about this otherworldly being examining humanity mm. from a distance yeah yeah you know the fact that you've got this superstar A-lister mm. sex symbol you know, driving around in a white van yeah, around, you know, in in a place that even though it's in Scotland is sort of, certainly for British people is, you know, there's a sort of familiar greyness in the weather and and a familiar architecture Mm. that it's just, it's such a bold yet ultimately incredibly rewarding experiment.
1: I think so. Yeah, I mean, just the bits. I'm thinking when she stops and chats to people. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know how they got away with that because she was like astronomically famous. Yeah, I, he, I think he's relying on people's kind of initial good. way. when someone approaches you and asks you a question on the street, the first thing you think isn't do I know, you know, like, is this person famous? You're kind of baffled by their immediate presence, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. And you kind of really quickly have to fumble around in your thoughts, like, especially if they're asking for directions or stuff. Yeah, yeah. Directions or, and things like that. And so he's relying on the, that behaviour <laughs> yeah, to get, like, yeah. the, these really natural reactions from people, despite the fact he's cast Johansson in the in the lead. Um And her kind of... I mean, she's dyed her hair black in the film, so that might mask her identity a little bit but more she, she's not in heavy makeup or anything she's no. she's just kind of glammed up a little bit and it's
0: yeah it's almost like there is a, like a sexualization of her but it's i think it's through the prism of like every day it's not like yeah you know someone like scarlett Hansen, it's like you know like many sort of sex symbols they're sort of doomed to be put on this pedestal mm, yeah um, and they're almost like aliens yes you know, sort yeah. of higher beings that are like you know that, that no one is worthy of you know yeah and, um, yeah but the way that glazer and obviously the sort of costume and makeup department almost ground her beauty not not completely because her beauty is really important to her character cause mm. it's her beauty that entices the men that Yes, she then, uses and also is ultimately what for, I meet. Yeah, that's right. Yeah,
1: it's also ultimately what I did. De- like, kind of, she it become like sort of feels human through her beauty. Yeah. is that scene yeah. where she's looking in the mirror and she's just like transfixed by her own reflection? Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's the kind of moment when you kind of think. Because although ultimately this is on a rewatch that I kind of thought this was the theme because you don't necessarily know she's an alien until right at the end, uh, spoiler. Nah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think it's just brilliant how he kind of uses that casting for for those purposes. And yeah, it just enhances the project and also gives it some kind of commercial viability as well. Not that that was presumably that wasn't the intention but
0: I think it's sort of a comment on that commercial viability I think. yeah yeah and I really like that he brings that sort of the, you know there is conflict in the film between the the mainstream and the independent and the art house and it's playing out in the yeah. characterization of, of yeah. Scarlett Hansen and in the the way in which he you know brings this sort of Style of cinematography to landscapes that are just so sort of, you know, we're used to seeing with such uncinematic eyes, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, day to day life just has a habit of like depriving any sort of landscape of like its cinematic qualities and he sort of simultaneously uses that whilst being cinematic. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, no, definitely.
1: I think the film gets more cinematic as she. Starts to feel more human. Yeah, I that's agree. what I think. Like, yeah, yeah. Because it ends in a quite a beautiful forest when it's yeah. snowing, doesn't it? And she's, as she's driving out of, into
0: the sort of, um, the locks, the locks. They, yeah, 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 like it's beautiful, awesome. beautiful yeah. shot.
1: But, but the bits in Edinburgh, I agree. They're like, urban, gritty dash cams so <laughs> sort any, of thing. There's
0: even like mention of it in the script.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. You've, you've read it, haven't yeah, you? I, yeah, I read yeah, it yeah.
0: periodically. I just think, I mean, I, I think. It's pretty obvious that I I adore the movie. I think it's really a really significant work and one of the great works of like the last twenty years for mm. me. I just did. yeah you know, and I went in expecting so, like not little, like not so little by any stretch, but I didn't expect to be bowled over as much as I was was by it.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: but yeah, I just I just love it. I think it's I don't know. I just think it's a really really special film. Um, and yeah. I think for those reasons we've just mentioned about the sort of the way in which he he's playing almost playing out this sort of like cultural. Not battle, because mm. although it probably does feel like a battle for him and many filmmakers who try and like push the envelope and try and secure funding for projects that don't have like superheroes, then it must be really difficult, like, yeah, especially yeah. at the moment where everyone's super guarded about losing any money, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. so it probably does feel like a battle, but it, 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 it's never, it's not sort of overt, um, it's very, it's tucked away behind like a really sort of powerful quite simple story about an an alien becoming captivated and subsequently desiring to be human yeah captivated by humanity and wanting to be human sorry
1: yeah there's some great great moments in it where she's sort of preying on men and uh he's she's managed very easily to sort of entice them in into her sort of web and i don't know if it's meant to be her spaceship but it's like a Dark room. That's yeah. Like, and there's about a foot of water.
0: Yeah, it's like a thick, like black, yeah, sort of viscous oil, oil like. Yeah,
1: liquid. and he uh, and th- these men are following her through this kind of increasingly deep chasm of, sort of swampy darkness, and uh, the way that I, there's like a cut in it where. This kind of this bloke basically implodes, and it's only his skin left. Oh yeah! And then there's a sound effect, which he he uses it th- this kind of weird sound design trick throughout a lot of his films, including Zone of Interest, where it's kind of it's not music; it's just like a knock. It's like a, a knock on a drum. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's so hot, like disturbing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so and it, it's almost like a, a grandfather clock is slowed down. Mm. A, and it's so effective in kind of making you really quite uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. Um and it takes you that that was the sort of final it's the final nail in the commercial coffin. <laughs> when that the, when that starts, you're like, Yeah, okay, this is something yeah. else, isn't it? Um no, I agree. I think it's great. Uh, Mika
0: Levy with the score also in zone of interest as well. I really, same yeah, same score. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's um very
1: yeah. very understated sort of music. Yeah,
0: she Did the score for Jackie as well. Oh really? Oh, okay. Yeah. So you can yeah, yeah. see the sort of three lines, particularly like the use of sort of shuddering string instruments, but yeah, um, yeah, not as present in in so uh, zone of good. interest. No,
1: it, Under the Skin has moments of like kind of looped violins and stuff. Yeah. Like again, very sort brilliant of, score. Yeah, really interesting. Yeah. 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 Oh man, um, I I yeah. Just I know it's sort of. Almost a staple of this podcast to recommend any film we're talking about. But it's, <laughs> if you haven't seen it, it's really you'll be really surprised and rewarded. Um, yeah, it's just a great, great experience. Only like ninety minutes as well. I yeah, think. it's lean. Yeah. yeah, which is good. Um, sexy beast doesn't. Yeah, says what it needs to say.
0: But it's interesting that we talk about that idea of expectation, and if you think about it in the context of Sexy Beast, mm. you know, you know, talking about bloke exploitation, and you said lock stock. You know, there's a real you know, this idea that films that precede the release of a movie, all it has to do is sort of touch these yeah. films, at least in terms of, like, uh, you know, genre. Mm. And albeit through, like, the actor that's playing the lead role. Like, you think of Ray Winston, you think of films like Scum.
1: Yeah, yeah, right? yeah.
0: yeah. So there's, like, an expectation that, that that film is almost going to continue this sort of grand overarching narrative in <laughs> his career, which is just a sort of, like... Ebb it out playing these kinds of characters. Yeah, no. And I love that Glazer, you know, picked him for that and just did
1: something so much more interesting with it. Yeah, man. I, it's been a while, but I saw it at university actually. Did I you? rented it out on the you know the library had oh the yeah, films yeah and it would they'd be kind of unmarked, like it just sort of Times New Roman, just a sexy beast on it. Um, yeah, I, that was the first and I think only time I've watched it actually.
0: Yeah, I. I I hadn't seen it for about five or six years. Oh, okay, yeah. But, yeah, it's it's a brilliant, brilliant film. Obviously, Ben Kingsley as well, superb. Yeah,
1: he's the performance that kind of gets singled out. Yeah. But Ray Winstow's terrific in it as well. Yeah, he's really Um, good in it, yeah. And it's just surprising how kind of enthralling the plot becomes, and it's not like a sort of Slayer in Marbella sort of thing. (laughs) No, no, no. Um, It's very, very much quite quite sad in, in places and like often really funny as well it's Just, almost a comment on that sort of Slayer my Marbella yeah sort of thing, yeah I think
0: we, we've sort of talked about that in the context of bloke exploitation but it, you know the idea of those films is to sort of strip away uh, complexity in yeah. favour of supplicating sort of this sort of bizarre sort of power fantasy that a lot of men English men in this context have yeah yeah and I think Sexy Beast
1: is really good at sort of subverting that mm, yeah yeah um, <laughs> yeah, good film. No, yeah. And uh, I haven't seen Birth. I know I know that it's about someone a woman whose husband passes away and then her child reveals themselves to be their husband yeah. reincarnated, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's it's a uh... I, I haven't. Again, it's something I haven't watched for a very
0: long time. But yeah, it's it's not my favorite of his. I've
1: heard it's experienced a bit of a resurgence in recent years. People sort of critically reevaluating it.
0: Well, That seems to happen with a lot of filmmakers' work, like um, like with Michael Mann and um, Black Hat. Oh yeah, yeah. And because of Ferrari, I think people go back into the director's works and they go, "Oh, actually," <laughs> yeah, which I really like.
1: I haven't actually seen Black Hat, but um,
0: um, I have, but can barely remember it. Uh, and I bought it recently as a result because I thought I fucking love Michael Mann Hmm. and I really love the idea of rediscovering a movie in a a different through a different lens Uh,
1: yeah yeah okay
0: um so yeah, but I like that when that happens, and maybe I need to do that with birth as well. One because I can barely remember it. This is you know this is gonna make the po- this a part of the podcast scintillating <laughs> to listen to. You know. um, but also because I, I, yeah, again, I love that process of rediscovering movies in a different way, and mm. it does make you realise the sort of worth of rewatching movies. Because yeah, I can yeah. be quite bad for that. I can just be like I you know I've watched it now. It's done for at least a year or two. Mm, yeah. I need to keep watching more films. Yeah, but when you rewatch them, you have almost
1: you know, you become more intimate with them, and you understand
0: them more, and you can remember little details.
1: Yeah, um, if you've maybe explored some of the director's other work since, and you go back and revisit, it. like that happened with me, with Fincher recently in *Girl with Dragon Tattoo*. I was like, oh, oh right, yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, and I to, I, I've mentioned that already, and I probably can't stop banging on about it now. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's that kind of same idea of sort of once you're in tune with their method, then you you can go back in rediscover and find something something else that you've missed yeah. yeah
0: it's a very cold movie i remember thinking birth okay yeah. i remember
1: the poster look is shit it's like a shit poster uh, very much of its time yeah um is it the same poster as the
0: one that's on the front cover of the dvd
1: yeah it's it's like a kind of floating head of nicole kidman at the top looking kind of off into the distance and then a house underneath oh yeah like it That's, it really familiar yeah it really looks like a forgettable mid 2000s kind of supernatural thriller mm. that nobody went to see it doesn't the marketing just didn't help i think maybe if they had yeah. considered that a bit more also something weirdly off putting about Nicole Kidman's hair in it i don't know why <laughs> Her hair, she's just short, she's short hair. And hair I, I, yeah. I, I don't know; it doesn't suit her. I think she oh, looks well. much better with long hair.
0: Take that. Yep. Maybe I'm wrong. Now. Early to mid two
1: thousands, Nicole Kidman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Such a stupid Such right. A catty right. I, I know. Yeah, yeah. I felt quite bad. Now, sorry, Nicole, uh, <laughs> who presumably is listening. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Every week, it's a different. We rag on a different celebrity and they'd say, "Oh, they're probably listening." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. I'm yeah. Like, yeah.
1: <laughs> no, okay. I love it. Keep it in, yeah. Keep it
0: in. There's a cinematic detachment, I should say, mm. in his films that I think is something that you can notice. Yeah, um, yeah, but it's something in that detachment. I, you know, as we said, the forensic mm. use of the you know, forensic cinematography, should I say, uh, yeah, yeah. and the way it sort of just analyzes. You know, it almost feels like it's being watched by, like, a panel of, like, sociologists or something mm-hmm, as opposed mm-hmm. to an audience. Yeah, yeah. And there's something about that experience. As a viewer, and I think it almost allows, you know, more freedom from the performance perspective because it's not sort of, the yeah. cat- you know, there's not as much tied up in, like, blocking. You know, yeah. it's almost like you're just, you know, you're just going to, a- you know, act mm. normal. And, yeah, it, yeah. you know, and, and it it's used in zone of interest. I mean, there's so much of the footage was... Taken from cameras that were just sort of mounted at various points of this house, and they Mm. were just doing like day to day stuff. Yeah, and it's about their their interactions. And it does
1: make it. It is unique. It does make it very kind of like yeah, you're observing the day to day existence of someone, and that's true of Under the Skin as well to an extent. Um, With there's a spin on Under the Skin, which is based on a novel, isn't it? Yeah, I think which is quite different. It's a lot more overtly science fiction, I think. Yes, I do yeah.
0: actually. Weirdly enough, uh, I have it. My nan gave it to me because oh, I think okay. my granddad read it years ago. Yeah, quite a yeah. long time ago. Yeah, and she—I remember her saying it was quite different to the to the film. I think the film strips a lot of the sort of sci-fi mythology back, and yeah, which yeah. works the film's.
1: Oh, I think so. ...advantage
0: yeah. because it's you know it's not about the sort of looming sort of sci-fi narrative. You know the yeah. va- you know it's about this singular tale of humanity
1: mm, yeah yeah
0: um, and it, that makes you know it makes way more sense to relegate all that science fiction stuff which you can find in any other science fiction movie or indeed the book if you're that interested yeah yeah
1: I think uh, the book if I remember correctly because I've read about it a little bit I haven't read it but I've read about it is that there's <laughs> a lot more about the harvesting aspect of it okay and it's about like kind of using men as literal meat
0: yeah because human meat's a delicacy right yeah to this alien
1: civilization that's it yeah um but i just think it's great that what he saw in that book wasn't that at all? It was a, this sort of journey to, to humanity. Like I like the idea that he kind of like my, most filmmakers would probably think it right. We'll do it from human humans going to another planet and exploring it and and kind of taking over like a, like a colonial. And I like the idea that he thought no. What if the alien came to Earth and realized that humans were really unique yeah, <laughs> and beautiful yeah. um, through the process of eating them? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or at least harvesting them. And the, and the way he shoots it, like he's going back to what you've said about the forensic nature of his sort of cinematography, it just just lends itself so well to the themes. Mm. Um, and I know this is the, a technique he's began to explore a lot more since birth, but pretty much right. It, it sort of started with Under the Skin, with where there were sort of portions of the film that were filmed effectively kind of incognito mm-hmm. uh, he just mounted like i think he mounted a couple of cameras inside the van and you can tell because the iso is not quite right in some of yeah, them like they yeah. said they're a bit grainy and like you were saying earlier the sort of dash cam thing but um not so much in zone of interest i think he kind of embraced that whole hog and yeah really ran ran with the idea of being a being an observer uh-huh. and not getting swept up in a story of kind of sitting back and <laughs> yeah and observing it like you're reading as a text like a kind of science textbook.
0: Yeah, the, I think as a viewer your relationship to his films it's not like I said it's not like you're not being swept up by the narrative or mm. cinematic conventions or anything like that you're you're sort of just observing.
1: Yeah, yeah. And
0: I think there's something as a viewer that sort of changes your yeah, it sort of makes you sort of uncomfortable. uncomfortable, yeah because obviously you're not you know i don't well certainly from my perspective, I don't feel like I'm qualified enough to observe anybody oh yeah yeah, <laughs> but also like it's almost sort of strangely discomforting,
1: yeah yeah, definitely, in a
0: way again that lends itself to the to the themes of both films really mm. well
1: uh, the uh, what a point out as well. That, probably painting quite a grim picture if you haven't seen any of his most recent work. They're really watchable. Like, Yeah, and again, Sexy Beast is funny. Like, yeah, is a funny yeah, movie. yeah. They're just intensely watchable. They're, like, very engaging. They're not art house in the sense that you're going to be watching, like, a... Well, peeler potato for six hours. Yeah, yeah, or a light bulb swinging back and forth with, like, some <laughs> kind of someone's... Yeah, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. They're very, they're very kind of engaging, watchable, and almost fun viewing experiences 100 percent. yeah there's something to be said for feeling
0: those sort of emotions that we've talked about you know that can mm. be enjoyable yeah you know, yeah like,
1: certainly with under the skin like i've really really liked
0: oh, i adore yeah yeah
1: i've re- well, i think i've seen it about three times now and i'll I, I can weirdly i can chuck it on <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> yeah it's yeah. <Just laughs> a strange just, thing to say given it is that, yeah, yeah. I'll chuck it on go on yeah well, give that another is. go yeah. yeah i mean less i don't know if that just because of the themes I don't think that would be quite the same with Zone of Interest like I think that's a little bit less
0: no no I think I think you're right I think given even though the film is it, it, you know it's an incredibly important film mm. um, I think you're definitely right in saying that it's not a film that you can just chuck on
1: no maybe not it's not meant to be either no think. no no
0: I think to, for Glazer to have done that to the film would have done the history of disservice oh right? yeah
1: that would have been unusual uh, yeah yeah, I think he's yeah he's really rad- really radical in some respects, but not in the sense that it's going to be un- like a slog. No, uh, and I was kind of expecting that with Zone of Interest, and I thought I really hope I really hoped that uh, I didn't have the, my expectations weren't too high, and they weren't like luckily it was yeah it blew me kind of blew me away in a lot of my respects.
0: expectations were quite high because I love him and I I yeah. think after under the skin I was like you <laughs> know. Uh, <laughs> Not that I doubted him for well, not, that yeah. I, you know, would for any reason doubt anyone really in the in the realm of filmmaking as someone that just sits on his ass and just talks <laughs> about it into a cheap microphone. But you know, I just think um, you know, I was, I was, I was really pumped for the film on the basis that it was him. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, the thematic stuff you're sort of very aware that you're going to go into this kind of experience, and it, you know, it's going to. You know, it's going to be an experience that's going to weigh on you for a long time.
1: Yeah, um, it didn't stay with me for sure.
0: And that's you know the the sort of Holocaust films that are the most sort of celebrated for conveying the sort of feelings of, of the time. They, they all do that. Yeah, and that's yeah. what they should do.
1: Mm. Oh yeah.
0: Let's sort of have a little chat about some of those films then. Um, yeah, okay. I would wager that the most famous is Schindler's List right yeah yeah yeah, completely yeah
1: I've only seen it once obviously I mean I, I think it'd be quite quite difficult to sort of watch it more than once it's very I remember it being very long and very obviously Spielberg being Jewish it felt very personal I think probably his most personal of of all of his filmography mm. and a real departure from what he because wh- when was it because he you made did,
0: Jurassic Park in the same year yeah that's right yeah yeah, yeah.
1: So so ridiculously different, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean. and yet they're both they both remain very popular and very kind of almost must sees, right? Yeah, for for different very different reasons. Like one being kind of groundbreaking visual effects wise, and the other being like a really it is almost the Holocaust film, right? I'd I'd say, like if you I, I would
0: say it's the most famous,
1: yeah, yeah yeah definitely like if you I if can't you think kind of a of...
0: film that's sort of like about that period of history that is sort of discussed by so many different people you know like yeah and I just mean in, not not in terms of like faith but I just mean like in terms of people that watch movies and people that sort of their their mm-hmm. relationship with film is a lot more sort of casual yeah, you know? like, yeah it's a film that definitely you know that breaks through that yeah, completely. In a way that Spielberg does. Spielberg does have this uncanny ability with his films to touch a broader audience. Mm, yeah, I think partly down to his name, and partly down to the way he's just so good at like making movies that just have broad broad appeal without, not not always, but without. But in this instance, certainly is the case. Mm. Without sort of sacrificing the thematic
1: impact. Yeah. Ah. Oh, definitely. I think so. Uh, which is unusual because. My memory of watching the film is it's quite sprawling. Like it, it, it does focus on Schindler and kind of his story, but it it sort of drifts between characters. Obviously, you've got like um, Rafe Fiennes' character as yeah, well. Yeah,
0: he's then- the thing. He's the thing that the thing he's the person that sticks out most for me when i think about that movie
1: oh really yeah his yeah. performance is like horrendous but horrendously good as in like y- y- you really hate him <laughs> yeah 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 um which is odd because you know he's not just a villain he's not typecast as a villain necessarily is he? he's like he's no yeah i my memory of it is and also the fact that the the coat as well, the red coat. Oh yeah, the kind of yeah, through yeah. line, and you see her on the in the cart near the end, and that really hammers home because you spent quite a lot of time with this sort of three, four year old girl trying to evade capture, mm. and then just have it all you hoped kind of. And also, there, she's in the poster as well. Yeah, she's yeah. She's holding his thumb, isn't he, on the on the poster? Yeah. And you can yeah. see the red coat and that that image of her on the cart at the end really stayed with me as well. Yeah, I mean,
0: I think it's almost courting this idea of the spielbergian fantasy you know which yes which yeah. you know i think audience members i don't know if they would necessarily expect it going into schindler's list but the, you know he does a really something really interesting with that and that maybe she is going to get out maybe she's going to be okay but yeah. the grim reality of the situation is that that's just not possible yeah, yeah.
1: totally your hopes are totally dashed in one shot as well no dialogue yeah 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 i yeah. mean you know gruesome
0: it was a Tremendously efficient machine,
1: mm, you know, and, yeah. and it's
0: something of its zone of interest examines really well. Yeah, sort of yeah. The, the extent to which this mass genocide was so intricately organised and designed. Yeah, yeah. It's just horrifying beyond belief. But mm. you know, it really you know hammers home how inescapable it was. Yeah, because yeah. Because of how well organised and well well structured it was, and mm. and obviously we don't necessarily see that we see the we, we see the outcome of that in, in Schindler's list yeah yeah but that moment with the girl it's almost like that sort of entertaining this idea that maybe there is going to be some good that comes out of this mm, even, yeah no matter how tiny given the grand sort of scheme of
1: yeah yeah that's true actually
0: the thing i was um looking it up and he was sort of using it as a comment about the fact that the allies knew about what was happening
1: Oh, right, okay, yeah, yeah. What, who got Spielberg or well, Glazer? Well, no, the
0: Allies during the war, they were aware that it was something like this happened. Are we eyes. talking about a
1: Glazer here, sorry? or oh, No,
0: no, in terms of uh, shouldn't Oh, right, okay, yeah. sorry, yeah, yeah. Oh, well,
1: okay, that's yeah. why. Mm. Oh, man. I, I mean, it's not something I intend to actively sort of revisit but it might be time to be honest because we were talking earlier about you know what what you were saying about people oh I'm not in the mood for that but it's a difficult one ever to be in the mood for yeah you're never going to be in the mood for it I
0: think you know I think with those parts of history you have to confront them yeah you know and I think you have to engage with it I think Mm. it's really important like yeah that's what history that's what you should do with history obviously there's you know a lot of stuff about history that's really fascinating and really sort of like exciting and really Mm. engaging and that's obviously a really important too
1: yeah yeah but
0: this is recent history this is like i was talking to a friend today about it funnily enough uh, because they've been to auschwitz and, oh really and, and, okay yeah. and she said what struck her was how modern it felt
1: oh really you know yeah, like the, the construction
0: yeah. of the buildings mm. and, and the, you know and it's so contemporary and yeah like and the idea that this happened and it almost and this is something that zone of interest i think um explores as the the possibility of it happening again. Yeah, you yeah, know, like, it definitely has that theme, doesn't it? And that's why it's so important that we engage with these kinds of films, engage with the history, because it should prevent us from going down that path of it ever happening again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so, just to, so to say, oh no, I'm not saying that means that you're not compassionate, but I'm just saying that it might speak more broadly to a more sort of wider societal issue with wanting to confront these aspects of history that aren't, that don't align with a a certain worldview or, or a view of oneself or one's country or one's identity, you know, Mm. like, I think it's really important that these films exist um, and, you know, continue to sort of hammer home. Mm. just how horrifying it it, it was.
1: No, yeah, I I think so. I I actually want to bring up a couple of other other films which fit into the mould of being a Holocaust film. Mm. However, they're actually, weirdly, they're geared towards a younger audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've got two examples. One you mentioned earlier was The Boy in the Striped Pyjamas, the film adaptation of the very famous book, and then the book Thief. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Which I just, they kind of popped into my head as just like obviously, like you were saying, you need to educate people about what happened because it's very recent, like it's less than 100 years ago and it's just unspeakably sort of dreadful and a very like a kind of moral lesson in uh, dictatorships as a whole as well as kind of man's inhumanity to man and like what can happen and and obviously you know, religious or cultural groups being persecuted and like all this needs to be taught I think because to ignore it would be Doing the you know the lives of these people the ultimate sort of disservice really. Mm. But do you think that the uh, existence of films like Boy and Striped Drums and like The Book Thief is that diluting it down and dil- diluting the horror down at the expense of the message, or do you think it's crucial that they are?
0: I think they they dramatise it more to make it more palatable for children, don't they? Completely. And yeah, yeah. I think it's tough. I, I think it's important to understand that <laughs> children, you probably shouldn't.
1: Yeah, no. Going heavy. No, God, um, no.
0: But I, I, I sort of see where you're coming at. Um, mm. But I, I think it's important that maybe for kids that they begin to understand this, and as they get older, they can use that experience with those films to inform further research. And then yeah. when they get to an appropriate age, then you can be like, right, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's
1: you know mm. films
0: like Son of Saul which I want to talk about a bit later on which are real sort of visceral oh, depiction yeah. of day-to-day life in Auschwitz and okay yeah yeah because you can study it as a kid and you can read about the sort of the, the, the day-to-day nature of the of of, of living there and, and the statistics about the sort of the people that were murdered yeah um, yeah but I think it's, it's, it's films that can really sort of translate it in a way yeah. that, I don't know, like I don't want to say that there's sort of like the, 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 the stuff that's been written about it or the statistics about it are ineffective because obviously they're not. Yeah. But like, I don't know, like again, it goes back to what we are saying before about films and t- TV being mm. one of the few ways in which a huge percentage of people engage mm. with history.
1: Yeah, oh, you know? yeah, yeah. And we
0: talked about that in the context of Napoleon, which is obviously a very different movie. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like, for a lot of people, that's the only way they're going to engage with that. Mm. And maybe more people do readily engage with the Holocaust because obviously it's sort of taught in schools uh, yeah. and it's sort of more recent history. Um, yeah, it was
1: quite a crucial part of World War Two syllabus, I suppose. Yeah,
0: yeah. But no, I, I see what you're saying, though. Like, I think, I guess there are certain subjects that, You know, shouldn't be sugar-coated regardless.
1: Yeah, this is what my thought thought process was, was just like, obviously, the way they're kind of... They're advertisers like young adult novels, right? Yeah. The same kind of vein, anyway. And it's odd to me that the subject matter can be so unrelentingly bleak. Yeah. And yet, it's sort of... They receive the same marketing treatment as a film like uh i don't know divergent or something <laughs> yeah odd, yeah right? yeah
0: i see what you're coming actually in that context i can understand <laughs> but then i think about something this is going a bit off piece but i think mm-hmm. about some of the horrible histories oh yeah, yeah yeah like they were so formative for me yeah getting, getting yeah. into history and understanding it and using humor obviously you know that would be very disrespectful to do that in this context but the way that they, that they they sort of communicate those periods of history. Mm, yeah, and, yeah. And they do communicate horrible periods of history as well. It's not mm. just like, you know, making jokes about Egyptians or whatever. It's, you know, First and Second World War and all yeah, the tragedy yeah, behind yeah. that. and The blitz and stuff Yeah, like that, yeah. Right? So like, yeah. you know, it, it can be like a sort of, like I said, like a stepping stone to, to you know, to being ready to sort of in, engage with yeah. material that's a little bit more unflinching. Yeah. But I do yeah. agree with you that the way that they're marketed... It throws up some it's odd isn't it it's just odd to me is, some it's potentially something. sort of
1: morally grey yeah gray. no I agree it's a bad, bad smell it's just yeah. a bad
0: smell yeah but I agree I'm
1: not saying that you know these films shouldn't exist they absolutely should and like I quite I didn't mind the boy in the striped pajamas anyway I was far too old for it but mm. um, I remember you know like that as a Butterfield when he was sort of younger right before he worked with Scorsese he was in yeah um, and I remember they fade to they like fade to black at the end obviously the kind of horrible conclusion he follows his mate into the gas chamber doesn't he yeah That's, yeah um and the way they handled that was like very kind of almost uh, very sensitive and uh, and like maybe sugarcoated isn't the right phrase to use here but it is it's digestible
0: it's through the prism of an of another genre isn't it yeah um, yeah and i think if the intention is still to highlight the horrors of this period of history and that is you know uh, to a certain age group Mm, I think yeah. it, I think it's just about fine, <laughs> but I do agree that there is something strange with the market, the marketability. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. Oh. I want to talk about uh, Son of Saul. I think it work as interesting sort of counterpoint to Zone of Interest because whereas Zone of Interest for, has a distance that is incredibly effective, Son of Saul has a closeness that's incredibly effective. Right? Yeah, yeah. So like it, it's day to day life in Auschwitz. Yeah, yeah. And I think uh, it's for the Jews who were forced against their will to almost aid or be a part of the process okay. of like um you know mass yeah. murder and executions and yeah, yeah. gassing and removing all the bodies and all that sort of stuff yeah and yeah i think they were called Sunder commandos
1: right okay i think i think yeah, that was the
0: name given to them and they were fought again like against their will um
1: so almost was effectively slavery
0: yeah yeah i yeah, mean basically slaves to uh, system that is making them,
1: yeah, their own kind of yeah, yeah, like, religion and race to, to getting yeah persecuted and executed yeah, and they're, and they're privy to that
0: yeah, My yeah, God, that's awful, and it's about them one particular individual who's almost at least initially uh, is um, just so used to it, mm, yeah. and that's the real horror. The initial horror is that the fact that he's the yeah. things you've just said there about the idea of you know having to like move these bodies and and, and sort of you know, of people that share your your face yeah, yeah a big part of your identity mm um, but he's so sort of disconnected to it on the basis that he's been doing it for such a long time. Or really? feels like a long time. Yeah, yeah. Until he sees the body of a young boy and wants to give this boy a, a burial. Okay, yeah. And it's yeah. about him working his way through the camp, trying to sort of make this happen and meeting various people. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's just. I don't want to say too much about it because I think it's a film that you. I know he, again you, you've said this earlier. We do say this a lot, but it's a film you have to experience. Like okay. I, yeah. Yeah. I went into the film. It was on movie for for a for a time, and that's where I watched caught it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I just was completely struck by the sort of closeness to the whole period of history. It just it's okay, absolutely cool. all consuming. It's a really really grueling experience
1: right. when was it made i think 2015 i want to say oh because it's reasonably recent then yeah so it must have i, I was thinking if it was made in like, like the 70s or something there's you'd be right to maybe assume that the people who made it might have had a, almost a first-hand experience mm. of of the, the kind of the atrocities in that happened in the second world war but 2015 it must have been like heavily researched or, or maybe based on accounts of Either relatives or just people, survivors or anyone. I just think it's interesting. Yeah, it is. It's, it's so so personal, and yet it was made so long. Yeah, so much time. Yeah, later. yeah. It's yeah. It,
0: it's clearly the product of extensive research, and yeah. you know, I think there's something about just the way. Again, in the same way that Zone of Interest does this too, about the sort of day to day running. But again, yeah. Son of Saul is is intimate. It's intimate with the sort of. Practice of mass genocide, you know. Right. Yeah, yeah. The way people just walk, you know, he's, the cameras. He's so close to him as he's sort of navigating all these people, just just working. But no, it's the closest to routine that is that is most terrifying. You know, it's it, it's in that. It's in just the main characters. He walks around, has his interactions with people, and it's almost like he's bothering them. He's mm. bothering them out of their routine. Yeah. And obviously, everyone's aware that this is a fucking like nightmare. This is like hell. You know, it's yeah. just you know, human the human race has created hell and it is yeah. places like Auschwitz and Dachau and these these concentration camps. But yeah. it's almost become again, like the main character, so sort of all all consuming that it's just a day-to-day affair, and people are aware of it, but they're just trying to survive. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, and they just work through it. So
1: know? it becomes mundane. I, I think mundane is not the best word to use, but it is almost there's a mundanity about. it. There, there is, it.
0: Yeah, I think. Yeah. The, yeah, and again, you're not saying that. To... <laughs> I don't want to you, dilute it. No, but no, no. But not mundane is in
1: like getting the bus every day. Yeah, right? No, it's no, the no, same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah
0: like it, there is a sort of mundanity to 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 it, and it's almost like that being pulled out of it is jarring it's like well, mm. what are you doing also m- as well because the the punishments for for being distracted are obviously uh, yeah you pay with your life you know no, they don't care obviously yeah if you just know. feel you with someone else you know there's mm. millions of people coming in through again that extensively planned transportation system into yeah. these camps you know it's a film that's absolutely worth engaging oh, okay. yeah. engaging with because it, and again it would work well as a a counterpoint to this film because there's a yeah. distance and there's a closeness and it's almost like okay. you know you can watch zone of interest to see one the, one side of the wall of Auschwitz yeah, and yeah. then get uh, transported into the to the other side yeah
1: know? yeah to watch something real really kind of
0: personal it's just all consuming it's probably okay. the most one of the most all consuming films I've ever seen or certainly in the last like, you know I don't know if I can't put a time frame on it but like yeah, it's, yeah. it really 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 Sort of stayed with me for a very mm. very long time, mm-hmm. and the you know credit to Laszlo Nemes, the Hungarian director.
1: Okay, yeah. So, zone of interest is definitely. I mean, the idea behind it is it forces you to spend time with the family and the man who, who was effectively like the I don't I don't know what what rank he was specifically, but yeah, he was he's like very high up, very high up in in the kind of day to day running of. Auschwitz. And you're you're privy not to not necessarily to the horrors that are going on, but to the decisions that are being made that result in these horrors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also you're also privy to his family and how you know, they they, they they're reasonably wealthy, they've got like a very kind of They've got a nice setup, right? They have mm-hmm. like a help, right? They have like servants and stuff, yeah, yeah, uh, and yeah. Effectively, you're you're just forced to spend time with these people, and they're mm. they're dreadful people, especially his wife. I remember really not liking her for some reason. It's her indifference to everything which is the worst, even worse than his behaviour because he knows he knows what he's doing, but you get the feeling like he's risen the ranks and he's sort of almost obviously v- incredibly complicit, but. To him, it's like a it's a military thing. But with her, it's like she's got some humanity and yet is just ignoring. And she, she's kind of actively encouraging this guy's career and kind of pushing it forward. And there's a bit with her mum when her mum comes to stay and she leaves off for a night, doesn't she? Because she can hear the... There's a lot of sound design in this, which is just like really hard to listen to yeah because it's this effectively it's the screams right? yeah glazer I mean, calls it the other film yes that's yeah. right yeah yeah, yeah. The sound design yeah i mean just the, the whole thing is like a study on uh culpability right and and where yeah. does the buck stop basically like if you want to kind of put it into modern terminology that's kind of how, yeah. how, it, how it's presented i think what's interesting
0: about it is that in the other films we've discussed you know if you think about Ralph Fiennes' character in, in Schindler's List or indeed the interactions that the lead character has with the guards at the camp or the SS in Son of Saul they're obviously framed quite rightly their their, their behaviour and their attitudes as pure evil the yeah villainous of villainous right? the, embodiment yeah, yeah. Of, the embodiment of pure evil yeah. whereas Zone of Interest certainly has that but in focusing more on their life outside of the camp on the periphery of the camp mm it almost... I don't want to say humanises, but it brings you closer to the human behaviours and the sense of humanity that we all feel in ourselves. Yeah, yeah. And it brings you closer to what we were talking about before, about this idea that how terrifying an idea it is that this can happen again
1: yeah 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 and all
0: it needs to happen is the sort of right i guess the right sort of foundational socio-political and economic situation to befall a civilization or society Mm. for these things to become palatable to a entire population yeah and the, 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 the mother of the family is a particularly interesting example because She's obviously someone that's risen from nothing to something. And she, she, that rise has happened, that mercurial rise has happened because mm. she happens to be married to someone that is very good at their job. Yep. But their job happens to be mass slaughter. Yeah. But he's very good at it. Yeah. He's, and he's been he's, recognised for it. And he is being rewarded.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, his service, sorry, is being rewarded on the basis that he's given this sort of lavish, mm. these lavish surroundings, obviously. Auschwitz is next door which is a, you know which is framed yeah that juxtaposition is deliberate by Glazer obviously yeah I mean historical as well yeah yeah completely, yeah. completely like there's photos of this family I mean it's just yeah. insane you know and it and that's like you said it speaks the idea of complicity complicity more deeply in the sense that everyone in that house knows what's happening yeah yeah uh but they have allowed the day-to-day mundanity and banality of life mm. to take over so much that you know they don't need earmuffs you no, know they don't yeah. need to you know they don't need anything to ignore what's happening yeah, they're they don't need completely to happy to ignore it, yeah. it <laughs> yeah, on the basis yeah. that they what they're getting from it outweighs any sort of concerns about you know the ethical implications which obviously you know you don't need to ruminate on for too long no yeah but they they don't need to and and that's what what's so terrifying is that their basic human needs are being met and that's all they care about yeah uh or not not even basic human needs their basic human needs are being met and and Mm. then some yeah they're living in luxury Pretty much, yeah, and and that it speaks to that idea about complicity. Like, all you need is the right sort of circumstances to create this sort of animosity, mm. or to make this animosity more palatable to a population. You don't just rely on things like struggle, yeah, or fear, but mm. you can rely on aspiration, yeah, and that can to get people to do unspeakable things. Yeah,
1: completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it and it it forces you to like relate in some sense to the the. These characters, because they're going through such like things that are kind of inherent in everyone's lives, yeah. Like climbing a career ladder or I mean at least in the western world anyway like cl- climbing yeah climbing a career ladder raising a family aspirations provide, dreams yeah, providing for your family yeah. G- getting upset when your significant other needs to move yeah. it's like it's weird like if you strip away the holocaust aspect of this film there's still a film there and it's a film about a family yeah getting like you know with, uh, with the threat of getting uprooted yeah. and that's an intensely relatable thing for a mm. lot of people so mm. it's just mental that there's all these screams going on in the background and there's a particularly striking moment when the river that they kind of frequently play in and fish in fills with ash mm. and bones and the way that the... uh his Is it is it Rudolph? Yeah. Yeah, Rudolph kind of reacts to that and he kind of gets snapped out of his sort of dreamlike lifestyle and has to kind of pull his children out of this cloud of ash that's enveloping them but how quickly he he reverts back to... Instead of that being a kind of... In, in any conventional film, that'll be a kind of point where the, the character's morals start to get questioned, but in this, all he does is he kind of chastises his colleagues. Yeah, he's, <laughs> yeah. he's more concerned with the malpractice that is, le- yeah, yeah, is disturbing yeah. his sort of
0: um, <laughs> uh, domestic bliss, you yeah, know? Yeah. or this slice of like natural equilibrium that he's managed to cultivate. Yeah. Amongst the horror, you know. It's mental, man. There's something so domestic about yeah. it. And it, it, it sort of pairs with the, the, the way in which they like they talk about the furnaces that they're gonna they're construct. Oh yeah. These radical f- new furnaces that, it, that the sort of, ones. Yeah, yeah, they that cyclical one that burn things. constantly, which of course is just used to burn bodies. Yeah. They're yeah. talking about it like it's like some kind of like salesman trying to sell you like in a kitchen appliance. Yeah. You know, there's something yeah, yeah. so and that's, it's just so fucking chilling. Mm. And I wanna, but I want to go back onto your point what you were saying earlier about that closeness that you're forced to feel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that is... Again, we talk about this film being a hard sell. Yeah. I think that's what makes it a harder sell. Mm, yeah. People don't want to be able to establish a human connection with with someone or, or a group of people that have done something horrendous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we see this process of dehumanization conducted by the news media about Mm. certain individuals that have done terrible things the idea of them being human is obscene yeah 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 and the first thing they do is deprive deprive them of that humanity yeah in in the pursuit of you know not just selling newspapers but of making whatever happens to them justifiable in the eyes of the law yeah, or the yeah. vitriol that they've managed to stir up within the general population is justifiable on the basis of what they've done. Yeah. Yeah. And the idea of humanizing those kinds of people, the people like in the case of zone of interest, you know, um, Rudolph and
1: Hedwig. right? Yeah. yeah, mm. and li-
0: live like a sort of bizarrely happy life. Mm. Um, profiteering off slaughter. Yeah. Um, the idea of humanizing that is, is, is so bold, you know, and yeah. again, it speaks to what we we're talking about before about, you know, about how human it, it, it can be. Yeah, The idea yeah. of sort of demonizing a, a, the other, be that a different ethnicity or, or faith, it just brings it incredibly close. Yeah. Uh, and that's the most chilling thing, I think, um, about the about the whole movie. I thought,
1: yeah, it's crazy how easy it can be. Sort of the themes can be transplanted to current events, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to mention anything specifically because I'm sure if someone listened to this in a three or four years time, that that those current events would would have changed, and yet the film's themes would still be relevant. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think it's gonna be really timeless, and um, that's a horrible. It's a horrible feeling, like and. Uh, the, it, it kind of there's a bit at the end where it um we kind of skipped to the, the present day right yeah where all of a sudden it's about five minutes of hoovering right yeah and they're basically cleaning Auschwitz ready for visitors, for visitors. the following day yeah 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 um, and that that was kind of that what sort of hammered those themes home, as well as that him being unable to be sick. Yeah, well. it's almost as if he's looked into
0: the future and seeing only judgment. Yeah, yeah. And it's this idea that if only we could have the clarity of the future, mm, yeah. That would probably influence a lot of the decisions that are made in the present, you know. yeah, yeah. You know, it's you know, when you just see so much of the vitriol whipped up about the other in our in our contemporary in, in what well, in the present, yeah, you know, yeah, these people are so sure of themselves, they're so sure of their anger, they're so sure of their disgust and their beliefs. But I wonder if they could see, like, into the future. I'm, I'm hopeful yeah. there would be a future of people going, What the fuck, what was that yeah, about? You know? yeah.
1: we're so different now, like, yeah, uh, yeah, there's no way that can ever happen again. Yeah. These people are monsters, all right. That's sort of but that's, the fact that it is. There's potential for it to happen again, suggests that maybe that would
0: be a sort of starry eyed view of things. Mm, yeah, yeah, you know? exactly. Um,
1: yeah. I just I found it really interesting that very ending when he. Because if uh, you've seen. Um, oh, The Act of Killing. Have you seen that? No, I haven't. There's a bit at the end of it where. Uh, end of The Act of Killing where someone's like retching about their sort of atrocities and something really similar happens at the end of the Zone of Interest. But he can't. Like the fact that he can't actually sort of vomit is like all the worse. I I don't know. I don't know why that struck that kind of stuck with me. The fact that he just like it, it, there's 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 like a very human thing happening there. with but the 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 kind of actual act isn't happening. I don't know. Maybe there can just be something else there. Yeah, <laughs> it's almost like performative. Yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. Mm. I thought it was like. It became very theatrical at the end, where he's just going like, "Oh, I won't do the noise." Cause <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cause you don't want to In case be, you never heard retching, yeah, yeah. <laughs> allow me to demonstrate. But um no, yeah, real, just generally really powerful and very unique. And the way it was shot is great as well. Like mm. uh, we've talked about the way it was shot effectively. It was. I think the idea was to not have any crew. Like they were, they were sort of oh yeah, yeah to enhance the,
0: the sort of um, day-to-day feel yeah yeah so exactly crew obviously will. it's the same sort of thing we, we talk about like um i'll say we'll safely talk about as if we have but you know the birth of reality television with big brother had there been a crew there oh yeah that, ruined it yeah. would have ruined it people, right? people would have been more self-aware but if you put the camera and just leave it people are aware of the cameras but as time goes on the
1: cameras become as normal as the furniture yeah exactly yeah yeah and this is why i mean the performances are just like excellent and the reason why is because you can tell that there's no the yeah. cameras rarely move that's one kind and of no dynamic yeah thing. the cameras
0: are yeah very static
1: yeah yeah and obviously that's sort of part of the parcel with the way it was shot yeah there's something like very naturalistic about the performances and that's absolutely as a result of the way it was shot mm-hmm. like yeah. I do find it quite odd sometimes because in theory acting should be so easy it's just do what you do already like live <laughs> but but of course as soon as you're being observed there's a there's a self consciousness which is yeah. incredibly difficult to break, and I think that has been successfully sort of broken mm. you could probably i reckon there's that they rehearsed with the cameras in there as well, like you say, so the cameras become part of the furniture um, yeah 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 I wouldn't be surprised if that's that's true I don't know though I'll look it up later um, it's
0: just it, it heightens that so sort of the the way in which we're observing it there's just a few moments like everything like, there's just that bit where one of the older sons is like Having like a romantic oh, yeah, moment with a, yeah. with another girl is presumably like you know the daughter of another sort of high ranking Nazi officer. Yeah, yeah. It's like this sort of bizarrely kind of sort of like sweet, probably quite formative moment for these two children. Yeah, yeah. But it's like happening in a house which backs onto Auschwitz. It's like uh, yeah. it's sort of like equally otherworldly yet fucking human in yeah, equal measure yeah, yeah. like it's just peppered with moments like that of course you've yeah. got the more overt moments of like the family like gatherings and
1: yeah, you know, you know, yeah
0: rudolph showing himself to be a relatively dedicated father mm. you know but it's the little moments for me that really sort of crystallized the sort of the sort of deeply unsettling nature of the film yeah it's it's again we talk about it it's not just humanizing through a closeness to to ideas like aspirations dreams hopes family Mm. etc it's just the little details yeah there's little sort of memories you know through memory you know like we we can all attest having you know memories like that in our lives and the idea
1: they would unfold in places like that that's just crazy it's just (sighs) there are moments of kind of genuine humanity in it but they're they're like they quashed quite quickly. Like there's a th- the apples thing, right? We right, yeah. briefly back to the apples. Is there's a girl who is hiding apples for the prisoners to find whilst they kind of work. I think they're like working towards cultivating something. Aren't I think they? Or, ex- are they expanding the camp? Maybe. Yeah, yeah. And then there's like a bit of throwaway dialogue at the end, which just says like, "Oh, they. Um, one of them was like, there was a fight that got broken out over." One of the apples, and they were both shot. Mm. And I was like, "So, any kind of human, genuine kind of like more overtly relatable humanity is quickly sort of quashed, isn't mm. it? Yeah, um, that's well, what I took from the apples Yeah, I mean. I mean,
0: it goes back to what we're saying about Schindler's isn't it? It's again yeah, this sort of idea yeah. that the faintest ray of hope yeah. is just sort of like cl- like drowned out by the just the you know the, the incredibly well organized nature of it i mean there's that scene when they're all meeting in that town just outside berlin oh, and they're yeah, talking about yeah. what they're going to be doing and it's like some kind of fucking board meeting for a sales company suppose, yeah it know? is yeah yeah and it, the, the way in which it is normalized to get to that point where it feels like that mm. you know yeah it's normalized to the point where families can live a relatively happy not happy life on the border of it you know yeah that's the the horror of it the horror is the normalcy in which these things are conducted, in which these things happen. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm sure there were many people in, in Germany that were staunchly opposed to it, but out of, again, fear and all that sort of thing quashes that. And people just fall in line. Mm, Yeah. And it, it, regardless of what you feel internally about it if everyone is feeling that way then it, it will create a sense of normalcy yeah yeah and a, and, a, and even like a sort of apathy towards it mm, you know, yeah in certain yeah. cases
1: Completely.
0: um mm. yeah that that's what really struck me about it okay yeah and the sound design again is i think we said this earlier glazer, it, the glazer sort of coined is the other film yeah yeah you know that's that's what's going on you know, the in Son of Saul. That's yeah. why I think this film would be an interesting.
1: Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, but it, it works so well not to go into it. It does, doesn't it? It's just there's like a echo to it. Yeah. Which signifies to you that it's far away enough that it's not going to disrupt any. You know, it's not going to be like there's going to be like an explosion or anything. You know, it's far away, and that's mm. what's even worse because it's like. But you're you can't help but listen out as well because. Y- you kind of don't want to miss any of it just mm. in case there's like something something that like is quite key yeah. to what's going to happen and there isn't but like yeah there's there's moments of silence that are punctuated by effectively screams and burning which is just <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and all made it all the more worse that there's the scene earlier where they're talking about the furnaces and then you start to hear them and you're like it's just yeah, yeah. but Having said I mean it's not a film which is difficult to get through in that respect. It's very like I don't wanna say watchable, but it kind of like similar to Under the Skin is it's like there's a distance that makes it more engaging. Yeah, yeah. It's you know, a bit of an oxymoron, but No, no, no. Yeah, agreed. And like the yeah, the camera work helps with that. Like it's always still and you're always observing. And i I mean what little plot there is 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 quite zippy. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah just very unique i don't think it's i don't think if anything is going to come out like that again for some time no
0: it's the perspective of the perpetrators isn't it which isn't something you would expect you would expect to see it's through <laughs> the humanization of aspects of those people that you, you you sort of strike a sort of similar chord with the sort of current situation in, in our time
1: yeah yeah um definitely yeah you know.
0: And I think that's the, the ultimate success of the film mm. is that it, you know, again, you said this earlier on about you know to, to not frame what happened in 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 the, in the right way would be the ultimate surface to their deaths, you know, yeah, yeah, to, yeah to, to, to the legacy of of what of this key and. Horrendous historical moment. If anything, the best thing to do with this is to use it to inform future generations, not to fall
1: for the same shit. I think everyone can probably identify slight, you know, aspects of their own lifestyle which might be. Not nearly as destructive as the lifestyles of Rudolph and Hedwig, but to a much lesser extent, you know, right down to the sort of product, products we might rely on or buy, mm. you know, things like palm oil and stuff like that. All of the themes themes of the film are transplantable to that. Yeah, that's an uh, interesting. Just point. Human culpability in general, right? And yeah, and to, to be more careful about that kind of thing, I think is a you know is ultimately a very good yeah. <laughs> message. So, like, I do genuinely think Glazer's reaching for something good. Yeah, to come out of the release of this. Yeah, um, no, I agree. Yeah. yeah, yeah. In that, in that respect, it's definitely worth a watch.
0: Yeah, I just, yeah, I, I completely agree. Yeah, yeah. Not only it's in, the film is not only valuable as a sort of an exploration of a period of history, it's a mediation on, on our time in yeah, a way yeah. that isn't just about the potential for the history repeating itself, but also into other avenues such as consumerism, which I've yeah. not considered, but that's an interesting point. Mm. picked up perhaps another time. Yes,
1: absolutely. Indeed. <laughs> Outro? Outro! Questing the Cinematic Void. There we have it then. Oh, I've passed <laughs> yeah. the torch. Oh my God. It's,
0: yeah. <laughs> Please go and see the film. Yeah, definitely.
1: Hard, it's hard, hard to talk about, I think. It's difficult to... So, obviously, a lot of these pod- the podcast is meant to be quite a joyous affair, but it is quite difficult. I think it's crucial to talk about it, but, like, hard to word, because you don't want to say the wrong word. You know yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, you, you, you must see it, because it's... I think, yeah, I think it's going to stand the test of time, this one. I'd be interested to see how it stacks up in the awards season. Yeah, I mean, it has I mean, been nominated, I, hasn't yeah, it?
0: And yeah, and I just think, again, I sort of... Don't really give a shit about award season, but I'm just interested to see how this film because this is a film. You know, I'm interested to see how this particular yeah. award season handles this movie.
1: Yeah, same actually. Yeah, especially given the competition. Oh, mate, you have um, got Bar- Barbie and Oppenheimer. Yeah, uh, which have both been nominated as. I well. I guess you could sort of con- could consider
0: Oppenheimer in a vague sense a sort of comparative equal compared to the other films that are up against. Yeah, you know, yeah, definitely. In terms of it being like a recounting of the historical moment, although. Nolan's film was def- definitely more mainstream. Oh mate, yeah, in without its, a doubt. Its construction.
1: Uh, I think. I think this has been uh, put forward for best international feature. Okay. As well, because it was a co-production. I think it was Polish. Yeah. Okay. Because it was shot on location, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. 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 I think it, it deserves. Pr- I mean, having not seen all of the nomination nominees, but um. Probably does deserve Best Picture as opposed to Best International Feature. It would be good if it got recognition, but I feel like that might be a little bit of a, oh, we've got to give it something kind of thing. Yeah, Kind of like Scorsese winning for The Departed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sort of just a a, a recognition, but only because of of the difficult subject matter. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Indeed. Next week, The Iron Claw. Yes. I uh, seen, a wrestling
0: yeah. biopic mm, of yeah. sorts. Uh, I've already seen it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Saw it in a, uh, a a press screening. Okay. Oh, boys No, we weren't invited. I was just say I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Oh, oh god. Did you wear both press passes? <laughs> <laughs> I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just managed to get, sort of get. A Free ticket through Alex. Cheers, That's crazy, Alex. man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He just—he's so good at just doing finding deals and stuff. He's a very useful person to have around. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's not the only reason I keep him around. <laughs> uh, I love him deeply, but yeah. that is—it's definitely a little—a little added bonus. Yeah, uh, t- I didn't really—I couldn't. I mean, it was dark in there, but I couldn't quite. I don't think many people in there were press. Right, <laughs> I think okay. it was all people like us. that just got a free ticket. Yeah, but anyway. <laughs> I digress. Um, uh, as it's a, uh, a wrestling film, but mm. we'll talk about other wrestling movies. Okay. A limited pool. Yep. Um, but there are some there to chat about. And, of course, wrestling more broadly because it's such a bizarre and curious phenomena. And I think the Iron Claw does quite a good job of interrogating aspects of that. And, uh, you know, as someone, as a child, was obsessed with wrestling. Okay, yeah. yeah. It was interesting to see that play out.
1: I can only think of two, Fighting With My Family and uh, The Wrestler. Uh, yeah. I, I was going to ask if The Scorpion King counts, but I don't think it does, does no. it? Natural Libre. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's yeah, another yeah, one. Yeah. yeah, it's
0: hard. I'm going to have to really sit and think about this because, I, like I, I, yeah, I don't think there's many. Guest. Yes. Uh, I have floated it out to uh, Dear Lee Markham. Uh, regular Guest. From big, big wrestling just, fan as well
1: yes i'm personally not as nearly as much as you two so i will probably be my capacity on this podcast will be very much learning from you oh. if that's all right <laughs>
0: learning about wrestling yeah 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 <laughs> yeah no, I, I it's weird like i i do sort of have like a real fondness for it i mean obviously a lot of it's based in nostalgia yeah um i don't really have a clue really what's going on at the moment with it it's not something i keep abreast of but yeah, for, for a period of my life, in my young years, it was like a, a real obsession, you know. Mm. And, and as I've got older, obviously you go through that period where you go, oh, that's lame, and you push it away. But you sort of revise it in your mind, not to over-intellectualise it, but you really see it as this sort of bizarre mix of like, I don't know, like circus performance and, and, and soap. And also yeah. and also incredibly dangerous
1: <laughs> Yeah, job yeah, incredible. It seems yeah. to
0: attract larger-than-life characters who go Through the wars to, to keep this sort of bizarre universe going and suffer as a result, as they do mm. in, in the Iron Claw. So, yeah, I've already, already started the episode. <laughs> uh, I'm so excited. <laughs> um, no, I'm really looking forward to talk about that. Nice, and we will do so next week, hopefully, with Lee. Okay, perfect. Sounds nice. good. In the meantime, thank you for listening to this episode. Yeah, thank you. Your support means a great deal. Mm. We'll catch you in the next one. We'll see you in the next one. Cheers. Bye.